Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Throwing Wrenches podcast. This is episode twenty-two, the Double Deuce. We are now legal, Daryl. Right. My name is Eric Stahl, and across from me is my esteemed co-host. I'm Daryl Scott. It's good to have everybody here with us, and uh, we like to bill ourselves as an automobile podcast, and we change it up a lot. But this week, we're going with the auto podcast that has no time limit. What do, you, what do you think about that? I actually like it because we don't look at a clock too much. Uh, no, actually, I was really concerned. Our last show with Todd Fortier, mm. I think even as we got done recording that show, we talked about how long we were there. It was like an hour and 45 minutes yeah. or something. We did, and we did strip out like 10 or 15 minutes out of that show. It was actually one bit about Pinewood Derby I thought I should like pipe back in. But anyway, I, I talked to some people at Autocross this last week. I was down at Pekin at the airport, and I'll talk more about that later in the show. But uh, I ran to Ed and a couple other people, and they're like, it's fine. They're like, you know, if the show's too long, I just turn it off. But he's like, or I'll come back to it and just listen later, which is exactly how I listen to podcasts as well. Uh, if I'm listening to Rogan or something like that in the morning in the shower and I get in the car and I get to work, well, it, a three-hour show, I'm just going to have to listen to it on the way back home. And the next morning in the shower, I'll, I'll finish off that show so that, you know. A lot of people at home right now, Eric, envisioning you showering to with Joe Rogan. various podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> to Joe Rogan <laughs> and his mushroom coffee. Mushroom <laughs> coffee, man. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one, though. No, you know he had like some physicists on there the other day about uh, brain function. I was like, how does he go from you know having UFO guys to brain surgeons? I don't know, but he, that's that's why he's so popular, right? I guess so. Yeah. So you got some good feedback. That's good. I did. So that's the catchphrase this week. The auto podcast, it has no time limit, but next week it will invariably change. Yeah, still working on that catchphrase. I'd like to say a quick thank you to our sponsors, Casey Law Office at clopeoria.com. Uh, I missed Cars and Coffee last week, got, got back from I. vacation. And yeah, I guess we both we both overslept. But uh, <laughs> I understand that uh, Mr. Casey is a, a Cars and Coffee rock star. What's that about? Well, uh, yeah, he actually texted me that morning, asked if I was going to be there, and I said I was not. Uh, I, don't remember, I, don't remember, I think I was working. Anyway... CLOPiori.com was rocking the back windshield of his new 2020 launch edition Supra that he got down at Fort's Toyota Pekin. That's another sponsor plug there. Awesome. Anyway, awesome. Uh, I, I thought, okay, so the first thing I said to Gabe was, you had this thing down the middle row, right? As soon as you got there, they like opened up the barricades and let yeah. you in. He goes, no, I just parked over them on the side lots. I'm like, what? <laughs> he parked next to the cart return at Target. Yeah. I, I heard, and I, as, as you hear this show, I mean, today's the 11th, or actually 9-11, uh, somber day, but uh, I've heard Peoria hasn't even gotten theirs yet, and I've heard Bloomington hasn't even sold theirs yet. So, really, I feel pretty blessed. We got this red one driving around Tazewell County and already sold, so that's yeah. pretty cool. Representing uh, representing the Ford's yeah. Toyota of Pekin, yeah. and uh, the, also good segue Ford's yeah. Toyota of Pekin. Well, let's let's not give let's not take from Gabe yet. Okay, yeah, if right. you if you need a lawyer, there you go. Yes, if if <laughs> how's the eighteen? If you are in need. 
If you, I, I, oh, I gotta, I'll pull it up. Okay, yeah. I'll find the sound clip. Yeah, if you have if fan- you can find him, and maybe you can hire him. Something like that. There you go. Gabe Casey, CLOPeoria.com. Actually, Gabe is a great lawyer. He uh, takes care of all kinds of contract law, family law. Uh, if it is a law question, CLOPeoria.com. Gabe Casey is your guy. He uh, just bought a house in Morton. He's a Tazewell County guy, and he is a car guy, so definitely recommend his services. Right on. Not that Tazewell County is better in Peoria. I'm just sitting on that side of the table, Daryl. That's all right. right. We're on this side of the river this week, too. But uh, speaking of crossing the river, it's really not that far. If you are in the market for a new used vehicle, either one of those, folks at Ford's Toyota Pekin can help you out. They're available on the web at toyota-pekin.com. 15 minutes from everywhere. Great service department is what I hear, too. That's what I've heard, too. Uh, (laughs) Award-winning. Actually, uh, full disclaimer, I am a service manager at Ford's Toyota Pekin. I have a great staff there. Got new people, new faces. Uh, Got some great technicians. Actually, I have one of the best technicians in the downstate, uh, one who is actually EV certified with Toyota, which that's only like three dealerships in the Chicago region. So pretty proud of that. Yeah, Good for him. So if you need anything, uh, service, sales, new or used, you name it, uh, Toyota-Pekin, that's your website for Toyota service. And we are also a member of the Peoria Podcast Alliance, which you can check out. That website, I did find out, is still active. Oh, good. <laughs> Peoria Podcasts. I wrote their obituary a little too early last time. Dot com. You can check them out if you'd like. I don't know if they're on Facebook. I really need to step my game up there. They're not doing a whole lot, so I don't, don't feel too bad right now. That's anyway. okay. All right. My favorite part of the show is when I get to tell everybody who I'm sitting across the table from. Daryl Scott. Of course, everybody you know, thinks they know Daryl Scott, but mm-hmm. do you mm-hmm. really know this? Hurricane forces cannot stop a vacationing Daryl Scott. Freshly tanned and tuned for vacation in the Big Easy. This guy is full of beignets and ready to explain the Sharpie Gate and how much beach yeah. vacation, how to have a beach vacation during Dorian. Is that kind of is that true? Yeah, well, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, that was a good time. It's a good time. Vacations are fun uh, as until until the resort kicks you out with a mandatory evacuation notice. Uh, Anyways, unlike some people who like to take the quickest way there from A to B, my faithful companion here and partner in crime, he prefers to take the road less traveled because he's got a really cool off-road rig, the Tree Hugger. He also sometimes manages to take the quickest road there with the popular autocross course around Illinois in one of his fleet of many race-prepared <laughs> Toyota hot rods. Ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend, legendary Eric Stahl. Wow, thanks, Daryl. That's pretty kind. All right, and that's us, and thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Please share the show on Facebook, share it on Instagram, show it on uh, Twitter. I don't care where you put it. TikTok. Okay. Uh, I mean, whatever. I even use LinkedIn. You know, I'm going to share that thing on there. When I was at Autocross, I had a guy walk up to me. He was from St. Louis. He's like, I listen to your show all the time. I had no idea who this guy for was. For real? Yeah. I'm like, that's cool. You know, so wow. I, I was thrilled with that. Please share it. We uh, This is how we get the word out. We are, we are with our sponsorship, we've actually promoted a couple. I've actually bumped a couple ads. Uh, so that's what we're doing, but we definitely need your help as well. That's right. We want to appear in your Facebook feed and all your friends' feeds. Absolutely. Anyways, and there's thousands of gearheads out there or you know, people that are just interesting in the hobby, in the business uh, that we should have on the show. Maybe there's somebody that we should talk to that we're not really too familiar with, but they're right here under our noses. So if you know someone who deserves a little airtime, let's get in touch. You can always send us a little email action. We're at info at com. You can hit us up on Facebook. You can message us, put a little post out there. Uh, either Eric or myself will get back to you because we don't want to leave you hanging. So yeah. we like we like chit-chat. Yeah, so. we've gotten about caught up with our guests, too. So we're going to be opening up slots here for this uh, this fall and winter. Yep. A couple more. I love the interview shows. We get a lot of response off those. So please, if you know somebody who's got something to say or is interested in the hobby, 
uh, we would definitely love to talk to him. Uh, again, also another pitch. We need those Apple reviews. We need Google reviews. Any kind of review you can hit us with. Uh, it helps move us up in the uh, in the rankings, however that stuff works. I don't really care about that stuff, but I really do enjoy do- making the show, so I'd love for other people to hear it as well. Absolutely. Well, that pretty much takes care of the business portion here on the front end, right? Yeah. All right, so let's get down to brass tacks. Let's talk about projects. I know both you and I have been kind of busy here. We've had some uh, Peak and Marigold Festival. I took a little vacation. Swamped, yeah, during that. Yeah, and you were slinging all kinds of roast beef sandwiches, uh, cinnamon buns. Like, what were you doing over there? Dude. (laughs) (laughs) So um, my Boy Scout troop uh, that my son's in, I'm, I'm one of the leaders there. They were making Italian beef, and we start with Raber's Meat. The week before, we cleaned the Salvation Army. We, we slow cooked this meat all week. I spent the night at the Salvation Army stirring meat every couple hours. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's brutal. I'm kicking myself. I wasn't in town to get a sandwich. I, you know, I would have gotten one. It's, there'll be another one next year. <laughs> I know. It, it's the same recipe every year. It's the same meat every year. It is brilliant. That's a $6 sandwich. It's the best It's the best damn Italian beef you ever had in your life. I'll tell you that. But, uh, but So when you're not cooking and baking and doing everything else, yeah, car-wise. So, so yeah, thanks it. for the, you know talking about that. But no, Saturday uh, I did all day at the Marigold Fest. And then Sunday uh, I had to take a, a break from my, my scout duties and I went to autocross. And I didn't have a car ready. This was the biggest thing for me. I, uh, I had been building up to this and I didn't fix a Celica with a power steering leak because – Frankly, I still haven't paid for my daughter's tires that I sent her to college on. So I'm like, Priorities. Oh. And then the other thing, the shop has been so full. And honestly, if the shop is full, the last thing I want to do is wheel in my car and get discount work done on it. So I just, it, it just was not working out. But at the same time, I was watching our, our FRS we use for the dealership. It's our SCCA FRS. We were so close to being done with it. So I'm like, you know what? There's a chance. There's an 80% chance we're going to have this thing done. So by Wednesday, I had to tune. I'd gotten through. Uh, have you tuned anything? Have you gone through this with process? With the computer stuff? No. Oh, no. God. For folks that who just joined us, what year FRS? What are we talking about It's here? a 2013. It's a stick shift. It actually was a flood car from Houston. It was that, I don't remember what, or what hurricane that was. Uh, like Ike maybe or I something? Don't, I don't know. That car, it was a totaled car. It was basically had flood damage, and we got it for a song. And we got it strictly for running it around a track. We'd been running some cars around, having some fun. A couple of the guys at the dealership were using their own cars. I used my own car. Uh, but Mr. Fort saw the opportunity for this car for a couple thousand dollars. Let's grab it and let's do something with it. Sure, yeah. So that car, is, we've kind of been progressing it over the years. And just, you know, we, we stiffen the suspension. We change the tires. Um, now, on this this turn of events, we put a new clutch in it, thanks to Mr. Nate Sosa on that. I bought his old parts. He got rid of his FRS. Oh, nice. Yeah, but then we also swapped a supercharger over that was on an automatic. And honestly... We'd done a five-axis uh, body kit with five-axis wheels. They were gigantic, deep-dish wheels on this little automatic FRS when they first came out. It was a SEMA package. We thought, man, this would be cool. And it was a dog. So really? then we went to SEMA, and we saw the Innovate Supercharger. So we married the Supercharger onto that five-axis FRS, and it made that dog into something that was drivable. Okay. But it still was just it was just kind of a mall crawler at that point. So Mostly because of the automatic, you think? Or? Yeah, I think the automatic. Yeah. So... Um, the decision was made by Mr. Fort to, hey, let's take that off that automatic. Let's move it on to the stick shift. And that seems great on paper. We got the same year car. You know, we got the same engine. Mm-hmm. One's a stick. One's an automatic. Let's just take that supercharger off and we'll move it over. Well, in order to get the supercharger on the automatic for the get-go, we had to get a tune. And okay. Innovate sold us the supercharger to begin with, so we got the tune through Innovate. And it came with a dongle through ECU Tech. It's a British company. Um, 
and they, they sell you the dongle, and then Innovate had the software. You put it on there, and blah, blah, and next thing you know, you have a tuned car that works. You don't have to go to get a, uh, any of this other stuff manually tuned on the car. Yeah, or ship your ship your ECM off to somebody. Yeah, and don't do that. It's great. And I think it it runs 700 bucks for the for the dongle and the tune and all that stuff. So Are you using a regular laptop for this? Yeah, or yeah. Okay. actually, my laptop right here I'm looking at, I got the ECU tech software on it. it it's slick. It worked great. Well, anyway... I, I go and, and take the supercharger over. I got the ECU tech software, and I have the dongle. So if you have the dongle and you have a registration ID, it would appear to me you're a tuner as far as ECU tech is concerned. Uh, that's not the case. In order to buy flash points that ECU tech uses in order to transfer the, the tunes. Like credits? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, you have to have a tuner ID, which I did not. So I'd gotten a tune through Delicious Tuning out in California for the FRS for the new stick shift car. They were awesome. And had I pursued a little bit further with them, they probably could have helped me more. Uh, but then I got in a strange situation on Friday because I'm literally – by Friday, I only have Saturday morning to get this car finished up. The bumper's off it. We still haven't you – know, it, it hasn't run more – it yeah. hasn't even run a minute. So you're going to do throw a tune on this thing, go autocross on it? beat on it, yeah. 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 No. <laughs> it's not smart. <laughs> so uh, it's like 11 o'clock in the morning. They're six hours ahead in England. They're three hours ahead on the west or behind on the west coast. Delicious. I'm trying to manage both these conversations. I got this guy Lucan from ECU Tech, uh, who was being awesome. He was helping yeah. me out a bunch, but he was coming to closing time. It was, it was like almost five thirty his time, so he's like, "Hey man, you know it is what it is." And uh, Delicious wasn't getting back to me at all. So then I reached out to Andy at West Peoria Performance. Uh, because they're listed on the ECU Tech website as somebody who can do the credits on it. And Andy actually helped me get the ball rolling a little bit more. By Saturday, I still hadn't gotten everything Andy needed, and that was squarely on me. Andy asked me for something. I didn't know what he was talking about because I'm, I'm a noob. And, uh, yeah, and again, I probably saved myself the grief of showing up with a car that was unprepared for the, the event anyway. So uh, Andy hooked me up on Monday. I got the tune set up. But that's why I showed up to autocross with no car. Gotcha. <laughs> Let's take the long way around on this. That's okay, though. So... I still had fun. I told my wife and I told the scouts that, you know what, Sunday I'm going to go out to autocross because, you know, they always need volunteers. If you show up at autocross and say, I just want to help, they need you. And, sure. and I, I honestly thought I show up with my camera. Like, I love taking pictures of the cars when they come by. I'll do that. And uh, they're like, uh, could, you, could you start the cars for us on the first heat? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I have no problem with that. I'm like, you trust me? I've never done that. I've only been to like five autocrosses. Like, yeah, we trust you. Okay, that's fine. I, and, and in hindsight, I probably didn't do as good a job as I should have. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. I'm sure you're fine. Yeah. And what group was putting that on? The uh, Central Illinois SCCA. Gotcha. That's Joe Feaster's group. That, and Joe is who we interviewed on the show a couple times ago. That's right. Um, so I started the cars. I'm going to tell you what. I got an adrenaline rush just starting cars. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Just standing there saying... You're good, you know, mm-hmm. just point, you know, giving them the waving the arm, saying you're you're all set, because they don't actually have to start on my command; they just have to know they're ready to go. Because once they cross the laser, that's, that's what trips it. That's what trips it. Okay. So me dropping my arm doesn't start them. It's not like the old, uh, you know, 1950s drag race with the, with yeah. the flag and yeah. you know somebody dropping a hanky or something between two old yeah, hot some rods. Hot, some little hottie. Right. <laughs> you weren't wearing short I shorts. Was, no, I wasn't wearing the, the Daisy Dukes out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Then I they find well, never mind. Well, did you get rained on too? Was Sunday rule? No. So yeah, it was wet or? when we got there, but uh, no, it never rained a drop the whole awesome. day we were out there. Yeah. So the pavement dried up pretty quick. Uh, anyway, I was having a blast. Uh, second stage came through, and um, I just basically took a few pictures then, and then we went to lunch. Well, after lunch, some Ed Deering comes up to me and he goes, "Hey, um, we we're talking. You know, if you want to drive just for fun and drove, drive Joe's Miata." 
you know, that'd be cool with Joe. He had no problem with that. I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that. I mean, I, first off, it's from Ed. It's not even Ed's car, so Ed has no business <laughs> even asking me to drive. You can drive someone else's yeah, car. Yeah, but I said it was anyway, okay. Uh, so <laughs> I had lunch with my wife, and then they yelled at me because I was too long. Like, hey, you're going to start off the, the, the people again? And I didn't realize I'd do it for both ends of the day. Nah. Didn't matter. It was fine. I was, I was glad to happy to do it. But in the meantime, Joe is like, hey, if you want to drive my car, you know, you can. Just for fun, we'll just we'll turn the number upside down, and uh, you just drive. And I'm like... Okay. Uh, I'm like, well, I haven't signed a waiver. He's like, oh no, you already got the pit pass and all that stuff. And I'm like, you're good. And I'm like, and I thought to myself, I, I, I really don't want to take this opportunity because I, I don't want to, I don't want to do something stupid in somebody else's car. But at the same time, like, I may regret this. Yeah. If I don't drive oh, yeah. this car, because so, that's that little spec Miata he was talking yes, about, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you what, I ride. I drove that car, and it's very similar in horsepower to my car, my Celica. Well, I don't know what he's got going on in that car, but I feel like my Celica needs to be completely overhauled because <laughs> <laughs> start over. <laughs> On command, I can press his accelerator and spin the tires. You know, on command, I can smash the brakes and that thing locks up. Nice. You know, my Celica is a far cry from that. But, yeah, uh, that's all right. He, I got five runs in their car, and uh, the the fact that he didn't yank me out of that car and say stop driving my car is beyond me. <laughs> the first time I learned how to how to brake it properly, and you know, the second time I learned how to you know get actually not oversteer it all the way around the course, and then the third time. I spun it out and literally like went through the the timing blocks backwards at the end of it, which freaked me out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is there video? Was, is there video? No, I, that's the thing. There wasn't enough people there. So by the fifth round of the day, I actually had a pretty good time, and I and I got through. But uh, I had a blast. I'm gonna tell you what, driving somebody else's car just just for the fact of driving another car just to see how it feels. Sure, you get so set in what you know. And then you drive something. A Miata is completely different. Short wheelbase, rear wheel drive. That car drives like a go kart. Well, and like you said, the instant response. Yes. You you know everything you do, it's, it's instant. You know, well, it's nice. Well, at one point, I think on the third race, I freak. I had a little mental freak out because the revving was so loud in that car in second gear. I was sure that I was driving first gear. I got really nervous for a second, and I pushed a clutch in and just had to feel where I was at. Yeah. And they're like, "What are you doing on the clutch in that car?" I'm like. I thought it was going to blow his engine up. It just it just felt to me like I was going too loud, and, you know, mm-hmm. too fast. So that's I don't know. It it was different. You had it, a blast though. I did. You can tell by the smile on my face. Yeah. I would do it in a heartbeat, you know, tomorrow. So yeah, that was cool. Thanks to Joe. Uh, thanks for all those guys at uh, Central Illinois Region Ed Deering, you know, for offering that uh, cool stuff. So yeah, and, and that whole tune thing. Like yeah. I said, I got it up. Uh, was it yesterday or today? I got it uploaded on the car. Car's running. My technician drove it home tonight. It was okay. Yeah, it was uploaded yesterday. Um, yeah, I think it's doing okay. Check engine lights on. I got to figure out what's going on there. We'll see what the code is. But uh, these things are pretty much plug and play. You know, mm-hmm. the EC, you, you put the software in the laptop, you plug it into the communication port, and within five minutes, I had that upload on there. Everything was done. It wiped everything and restart the car. Tunes on. Yeah, it Nuts. redoes the fuel map, the timing, yep. all that stuff. Yeah. I have I've I've not experimented with any of that stuff. I mean, part of me really wants to, especially with with some of the newer vehicles you know that are out there. I've got friends that have messed with the HP tuners, but yeah, they do like a credit basis yeah. uh, kind of a system. I think Predator tuners might be the same. I know that's a big Ford thing. And, okay, I say I've heard of them. Yeah, it's like the the Ford Mustang Cobra guys use those a lot. The SCT, I think maybe that's the same company. At any rate, I know that's kind of become a popular way to do it is oh yeah you get the tuning software and all the stuff you need but you want to go flash a couple cars well you got to buy credits and yeah uh, i guess if that's how it's got to work it's got to work but i would think there should be like a big almost like a you remember the game genie 
for oh, Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's got to be a bootleg way to do it. I don't think there's any question. There's there's other ways. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, I was happy I got to deal with West Peoria Performance. You know, Good and, local company. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that if I have a problem, I can call Andy up and say, I had to do this right. Andy didn't make the tune. You know, Delicious made it. But ultimately, he's a, a local professional, you know, and he's supporting the ECU Tech product. So I, I'm thrilled with that. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's about as good as a situation you could have. I, I thought I was going to have to go through somebody in St. Louis or Chicago. And the fact there's somebody in Peoria, that's, that's awesome. pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, is he on Facebook? Yeah. West Peoria performance. All right. Check it out. Yeah. I'll put a link up uh, in the show. Yeah. They don't even know we're talking about him, but uh, it's, and I, th- Andy is known by a couple people at the dealership. He's got a Nissan, a 300 Z it's white. It looks like it's a drag car. Probably. Okay. It's probably a quarter mile car of some sort, but nice. it looks pretty badass. Yeah. Like those. Well, it sounds like you had a good time and a lot of a lot of irons in the fire per usual. Yeah, that's well, your mo. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> on the holiday, I was out doing a road trip, but then the following weekend, you were doing a road trip, which was much more epic than mine, just down to Carbondale. Yeah, we we passed well, kind of through there, sort of. Uh, my wife and I were originally going to go down to Florida and and stay at a timeshare, use up some timeshare points that we that we had to get rid of. Um, and uh, Pompano Beach, Florida, seemed to be one of those impacted by Hurricane Dorian. So, Dorian. Yeah, it was Friday. You know, start heading out, and then we get a call from Wyndham, and they're like, "Yeah, it turns out we're canceling all reservations and closing the resort." I'm like, oh, "Okay." You know, my wife and I were kind of bummed, but we also didn't want to die. So, being the brilliant people we are, <laughs> we wouldn't die. I mean, only like forty people died in the right. Bahamas, right? Best part was, by the way, watching CNN, watching some of the news of the people preparing for the yeah. hurricane, and it's passed and. Other than the Bahamas, which is which horrible, horrible stuff there. I think 40-some people passed away. Yeah. Uh, but here in the States, there was a woman in, like, Miami or something or Palm Beach. And, they're like, they do the, the typical interview at a Costco. Like, here, people are stocking up on supplies. Uh, and they yeah. cut to this woman. She's got a big Dodge Ram pickup. The whole bed <laughs> is full. She's like, oh, you know, I'm just getting a few things just to get by. And in the back of the bed is, like... There's two generators. <laughs> There's like a grill. There's all this stuff she just bought, like probably, you know, fifteen hundred, two grand worth of stuff. But just a few things. Anyways. She's got to flip them. That's what she was doing. She's like, probably. Yeah. I'll just have these generators sitting around. And then when somebody needs them, you know, I'll just ask twice the price yeah. of them. Yeah. I had a buddy do that with Y2K. He made tons of money. He's also a scumbag. Anyways. <laughs> and he's a buddy. And he's a yeah, former friend. Okay. Uh, he's going to listen to this and, and uh, unlike me for in real life. Yeah. But uh, what happened was we uh, we decided, well, we're just going to go to Myrtle Beach because we've got family there. Sarah's sister lives there and our niece and everybody. So we're like, but that was still in the path, wasn't it? On Friday, it wasn't. Okay. On Friday, it was still, speaking of Sharpie Gate, on fr- Friday, it was still. Oh, you followed the Sharpie. Yeah. It okay. was supposed to be like Central Florida, South Florida. And, and like, Mobile. Mobile. Yeah. Uh, and uh, parts of Georgia and Alabama and all that. So we're like, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden, literally like that weekend while we were out there, we checked into another resort and like went to dinner and came back and there's a note in the door, like mandatory evacuation noon by noon tomorrow. Uh, so they checked us in at like 4 o'clock. Welcome. It's great. Everything's going to be great. Yeah. Looks like the hurricane's just going to stay south. And then like the next morning, it was like everybody out, guy out in the hallway, you know, like yeah. – yeah, I don't think they can. Well, uh, if it's mandatory evacuation, I still think that they couldn't make you leave. Maybe I guess I, don't the, I guess the police could come and make you leave on a mandatory evacuation. It could be one of those people like I'm technically a property owner. Exactly. Is, yeah. Yes, I paid for this room. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm floating away on a raft. <laughs> My wife's at a chopper somewhere. No, so we wound up doing that, and then we went to New Orleans because there's nothing bad that happens there either, right? Now, so, is there an interstate route be- between? I mean, how how do you do that? We took. Oh, brother, what was it? 
I don't even remember. It was all a blur. Really? No, it, we went from from Myrtle Beach to Atlanta, stayed overnight in Atlanta, and then just kept driving on ten. Uh, I don't even know. I, I got my my map pulled up here, but yeah, you keep talking. Saw oh. part of the Gulf Coast, ate some shrimp, ate a lot of shrimp, and then ate more shrimp. So it was a good time. And yes, had lots of beignets. So New Orleans was a great time. My wife and I had a had a blast down there. So, but about three thousand miles on the trusty twenty thirteen Jeep Patriot. No real major 20? problems. You take twenty through Birmingham. Twenty. There okay. you go. All right. Oh, no, no, we didn't go through Birmingham. We went north. Oh, then I don't know how you went. I don't. Know, some magic place. <laughs> but uh, picked up a screw in the middle of Lexington, Mississippi, and had the spare. Had a little, you know, tool set with me, and you know, no problem. They were doing some road construction, and there was a sweeper out there, so I probably picked up some crap there. But uh, we drove about fourteen miles off the interstate to this little town, Lexington, and this old Napa store that also had a tire shop. And it was like, just imagine how you would picture this thing two good old boys sitting out there a guy yeah. in the shop just you know just busting Whitland. something yeah <laughs> so for ten dollars and seventy cents i got a tire patched that's an outrage it's an outrage <laughs> i tell you i paid cash and uh, i paid him an extra buck and, and he goes oh mister you paid an extra dollars oh okay he's super honest but we got to talking or whatever and this old napa store it looks like there's dust on all the boxes yeah. it looks like they haven't sold anything in forever i said Said, how's business been? Have people, you know, still walk in and buy stuff? Are they, you know, buying stuff on Rock Auto and the internet and stuff? He goes, well, he goes, business here. Nobody walks in. There's nobody here. But he goes, see those two young ladies? And he's two younger women in the back stock room. He says, all they do all day long is take pictures and put stuff on eBay. And so he buys and sells. Uh, I'm sorry. He sells uh, old Napa stuff. Oh, really? On eBay. So a lot of the stuff you see that's like new old stock obsolescence. Just, yeah, yeah. He says I make tons of money that way. He goes, yeah. otherwise I'd be closed. So yeah. But he had to hire two younger people to do it. Yeah. Because he's he's like in his mid late seventies. Oh, that's hilarious. So that was kind of neat. But that, uh, that's uh, one of the things that I, whenever I go to these meetings, they always talk about. You know, you need to have people who are willing to do it. But the thing is. You, a lot of times you don't have the people on hand who have the skills or have the desire to drive to even touch that technology, which is sad. Right. You know, this is this is why they call old people dinosaurs. You know, right. Because they, they old dogs don't want to learn the new tricks. Well, and it does take somebody to devote time to watch the auctions and, and ship stuff and get quotes and look yeah. at what kind of going rate for stuff is. And I mean, it does take somebody, like you said, who kind of knows how to do that. So. It was interesting. So, but no. Uh, other than that, we had a great time. We got back home, and uh, but the only thing on my plate now is to prep one of the old cars. Our uh, antique art, uh, antique automobile club is going to be doing a fall tour here later in uh, I think the twenty eighth of September. So we're going to go up to uh, La Salle, Peru area. Mm-hmm. We're going to do like Starved Rock. We're going to do like the Egler Karras Mansion or Hegler Karras. I don't know okay. some cool old eighteen hundreds mansion. Uh, and we were going to go up. J C Whitney, I guess, has an outlet store up there. Okay, and they're going to be closing it. So oh. I said, no, it's just going to be catalog and online only, which kind of goes to where we're at. Although I will say, not to totally uh, rain on their parade, I stopped there years ago because somebody said, oh, there's a cool outlet store, J.C. Whitney. You get stuff at really, really good prices. Yeah. I walked in there, and they had, like, Krylon paint for, like, $10 a can. I'm like, this is not an outlet store. <laughs> Everything in there was much more marked up than I'd ever pay for anything in their hey, catalog. So it's a state of mind, Daryl. A, a deal is a state of mind. Yeah, yeah. it's all about the deals. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, one thing we were talking about the road trips, and I will tell you, when I was in Evans, I, when I was down south here yeah. on, on the weekend, I took the back roads from Evansville on sixty-two through Mount Vernon down to El Dorado to Carbondale. I'm gonna tell you what, man, those old two-lane roads. 
beautiful. I just, I just love it out there. You know, it, you can see so much. And my, even my daughter from the backseat goes, "This is a pretty road." And I'm like, "You never yeah. hear anybody say that anymore, <laughs> especially her age." So, uh, I was, I, I had a lot of fun on the road trips during the holiday this time. So Take we, a little scenic route. Yeah, went to Mammoth Cave, and then went to I actually drove right past the Corvette Museum. I yeah. posted that I was there and upset a lot of people. I said, so many jean jorts. So many jorts. Jean shorts. <laughs> yeah, we drove. Actually, we did. We drove past Bowling Green and we counted, I think it was like, you know, 58 Corvettes on Everywhere. the way. There, there was Corvette Club. Every We were at Lincoln's birthplace. There was Corvette shirts. We, yeah. But I didn't see any vets. I saw lots of shirts. And uh, when we were at uh, Mammoth Cave, there was Corvette stuff all over the place. It was, it was quite hilarious. Funny. All right, time to take a look at some news. Yeah, let's get into the news. We uh, like to talk about uh, international news and national news and maybe news of the weird in the Peoria area because that's all there really ever is around here. Sure, yeah. Uh, International headlines. This is uh, fresh from the Wall Street Journal. Electric cars are dominating the Frankfurt Auto Show, Daryl. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. No, I'm not a Frankfurter, but I'll listen. (laughs) All right. Automakers and suppliers have plowed tens of billions of dollars in developing electric cars and hybrids to meet the continent's stricter restrictions on tailpipe emissions. Now many of these models have made their public debut at the show, and they're heading to dealership soon. Volkswagen AG, the world's largest automaker, rolled out its all-electric compact car Tuesday called the ID3. While sports car maker Porsche showed off the Taycan, a powerful four-door that runs on battery power only. Benz has an electric car. Uh, it unveiled a concept for a full electric version of its flagship S-Sedan. That seems... I, I would be interested to see that car. Yeah, me too. Just to see the performance aspect of that versus the gas uh, at, the motor, at the motor show. And uh, Honda launched a battery electric hatchback designed for city driving. And even Lamborghini, the maker mm-hmm. of Italian supercars, revealed its first hybrid model. Which seems crazy to me because I thought Lambo was doing F1. Do they not do F1? I don't know if they do or not. The Formula E or whatever. Like, yeah, I thought they. I, I always thought those supercars and the Formula One and all that stuff had some hybrid aspects to them. Or Le Mans had. I, I don't know. I guess I'm not that. Well, I know Ferrari. Yeah, I know Ferrari fields a lot. I don't know if Lamborghini does a lot of racing, to be honest. Yeah. But what happens is, uh, uh, Lamborghini actually they're a VW product, right? Yes. So as yes. VW gets more and more into the electrics, I would see that kind of the natural progression of things. Because one of the things electrics are, they're fast. They're yeah. quick. There's instant power on, power on. So I would think that would lend itself to a, a nice light carbon fiber Lamborghini chassis. Oh, yeah. You would think. Uh, we talked about this kind of article, I think, six months or so ago about uh, Volkswagen rolling off like five hybrid models. And I've talked about maybe a show or two ago where my kids get excited when they see that yellow van in the Volkswagen commercial. Electrics are coming. They're coming fast, and uh, the, it, it's all about battery tech. You know, we talked about last episode. Even my Makita cordless tools. You know, the batteries are better now than they've ever been, and it's lending itself to cars and everything else. So, uh, if people aren't afraid to drive, actually, this is funny. The true story. Just uh, about an hour ago, I was talking to my wife. She was at a meeting in Springfield. And she was sitting there next to a doctor, and the doctor said, "Well, it takes about two and a half hours for me to get back to Chicago, but I got to stop in." Uh, some town, I think in Bloomington, for half an hour to charge my car, is what he told her. Because he has a Tesla. I can see He that. can't make it all the way back to Chicago without stopping for that half an hour supercharge yeah. at wherever the Tesla charging station was. At a McDonald's or something? I don't know. But I just thought, I thought it was funny. So this guy, he, he already knows it's going to take him longer to get home because he has an electric car. But he's okay with that. Yeah. Because, well, it's cool. <laughs> I I yeah, I mean, it's arguable that you're saving the world. So, See, uh, and after putting 3,000 miles on a car in a couple of days, I'm like... Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Yeah. What we do is we stop, get a bottle of water or something, fill up, scrape the bugs off, and keep going. Yeah. yeah. I know it's nice to be able to, you know, oh, just plug in and for an hour or yeah. two, take a break. 
Yeah, take a break. Right. Have a latte. Have a latte. Yeah, Starbucks wants you to take a break. Uh, <laughs> I had my Prius. So on, we did our road trip down to Evansville, and, and I, I was going to take the Forerunner. I was going to take our, our Tundra even, but uh, I figured for the amount of money I could save on that Prius driving down there, yeah. it was a hotel room for me. That's you know? a good point. Yeah. Did you say, was that your Facebook post, like 20-some dollars in Ev- gas? Evansville to Carbondale to Tremont, 20 bucks. Perfect. Yeah, can't beat that. No. <laughs> no, you cannot. So it looks like uh, we've covered the the comings and goings of one Carlos Goshen. Carlos Goshen. Carlos Goshen. Carlos Goshen. Former Renault Nissan chairman Carlos Goshen. He's out of jail right now, but uh, the guy he handed off the job to... Horito Sakawa, he has an abrupt exit because he has now been tied into the scandal of uh, taking more money. An internal investigation uncovered falsified documents that boosted his compensation. Hard to believe. Marks a dramatic shift in the ongoing scandal that broke open last November when Carlos Goshen uh, was arrested. We should say real quick, this is the former CEO of Nissan. Uh, Carlos? We, yeah, we yeah, don't, sorry. I, I didn't. I assume everybody knows that, but yeah, well, I'm sorry. Long-time yeah. listeners to the show know your, <laughs> your long-time infatuation with Carlos Yeah, Goshen. it does. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's a great name. Yeah. It also compounds the woes facing a company. It appears to have done little in the past uh, to monitor and rein in its top executives. A lack of oversight comes in the light of time when Nissan sales and earnings are taking a sharp tumble, forcing substantial cuts in production capacity and the eliminations of thousands of jobs worldwide. That is an article from CNBC if you want to look that up. Uh, you know, Nissan sells a ton of cars. We did talk about how they cut mm-hmm. off the uh, the diesel truck here a while back. That has nothing to do with this. but uh, I did see two of those last week, by the way. Did you really? Two, like, Yeah, I hadn't seen one of them on the street In your entire life? I, yeah, and I saw two of them last week, and uh, both of them. Actually, nice, quiet idle, but you could see the XD on the door and, uh, and the definite diesel exhaust smell. I, I don't know how morale is affected if you're, first off, if if the president of my corporation were constantly being battled and in, in jail, I have to think it has just a little bit. You're like, eh, I work for a kind of a scummy company. Yeah. But imagine if you're a franchisee or an owner of a dealership or you know a supplier for these guys. I mean, it's got to tear down everybody all the way down the line that they can't get their crap together at the top. Yeah, culture wise, probably not that great. I will say that there are a lot of people who uh, who still kind of migrate to Nissan because, frankly, you know, for not that much, but I think 14, 12, 9, 14, somewhere in there you can get a Versa or yeah. a Sentra or something like that yeah. and, and get a, a nice new car with I a warranty. I see those cubes that. everywhere. I think I saw one coming up to your house. Yeah. Yeah, my sister had one of those things. I mean, they're neat. They yeah. make uh, down south. We actually passed by the plant, the Nissan plant. Passed by, by the way, a Kia, Nissan, um, what else was there? Hyundai. There's a Hyundai factory, I think, in Mississippi. But uh, we drove past the Nissan plant where they make the Frontier trucks. Okay. And there were tons of them out there. Now, that's another truck. Everybody compl- complains you can't buy a new truck for under thirty grand. That's or something the like cheapest that. truck you can get in the United States. Cheapest truck in North America. It's like 20999 out the door. For two-wheel drive, no AC stick shift. Yeah, it's pretty that basic. That does seem crazy because a decade ago, you could buy that same truck from Toyota for like ten grand. Right. They're it, cheap. They've gone up quite a bit. But I mean, they do they do fill a need, especially now that Mitsubishi's kind of not really putting out yep. that much yep. uh, in terms of cheap wheels and and still a nice Japanese vehicle. Now you can go Kia, you can go Hyundai, whatever. But Nissan, you can get full size all the way down to the small micro cars. It's really a shame to see what Nissan's become because I remember still as a kid, seventies and eighties, Datsun, Nissan, they were good cars. Yeah. My so. re- my uh, dealer tire rep came in yesterday, and uh, he he basically does Ford tires, Toyota tires. They, they're our supplier, warehouse, 
and he said he got uh, Nissan Maxima as his loaner car or his rental car. He said it's one of the nicest driving cars he's ever been in his life. No kidding. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, because they've always been known for their power. Yeah, they're a sporty car and they handle well. So I, but I haven't seen a Maxima. Maybe I just don't see. It. Maybe everything blends in. Maybe, but I, I, Nissan Maximas were the car to have for quite a while, yeah, for about they, ten years, yeah. and then poof, they went, they went they bye bye. Disappeared. So maybe Nissan will get their stuff together one of these days. Uh, maybe not. We'll see. All right, moving on to national news. Uh, what is the FCA? I guess I didn't get... Fiat oh. Chrysler of America. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking it was some kind of federal committee of Like FFA. Yeah, or sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Fiat Chrysler adds 693 Ram tailgates to a recall. They've recalled 690,000 Rams to fix tailgates that can open while the truck is operating. Oops. It's the latest in a series of recalls totaling more than 1.1 million cars. All I, can, I mean, I could have nightmares about that. I mean, yeah. I think of all the times you sat at the very back of a truck... With your back against the tailgate, with your yeah. arm slung over there, maybe even around your best girl or something, as uh, Regan likes to say. Right. Yeah. And uh, funk. <laughs> get right there, spilled onto the asphalt. Head injury. Yeah. Not good. Uh, and, and Fiat Chrysler isn't the only one having some trouble with pickups now. General Motors, uh, in this week here, actually, has started to recall some three and a half million SUVs and pickups over some brake issues. You might have heard this on the uh, morning drive into work. It was all over the top of the hour news. GM's recalling uh, anywhere between uh, yeah three and a half million of the 2014 to 2018 trucks, like the Silverado, GMC Sierra, Tahoe, Yukon, Suburban, Escalade, after a 10-month investigation spawned by a series of crashes where the brake systems in the cars, trucks rather, uh, lost pressure and the brakes got harder to use. Oh, jeez. So what's happening, other sources out there, uh, the Consumer Reports article I pulled up didn't really go into detail, but other places I said, uh, the, the, I read said that the uh, electronic brake controllers and specifically the brake pump, so I don't know if that's a vacuum pump or an electric pump, I'm not sure. Dude, 113 crashes have been linked to this. Yeah. They said that those are the, what's faulty, and GM, as part of the recall, they're just going to recalibrate the units. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. That, I mean, th- this is where the import guys get a little upset, and they think that maybe there's just like a little extra pass for the domestics. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, you know, because there'd be uh, Akio Toyota crying in front of Congress, you know. Right. Eight people died because they said their accelerator pedal stuck. I mean, you got 113 crashes here. Give me a break. Right. I mean, nobody died. But allegedly, uh, I looked up for for giggles. I looked up what a fully loaded Escalade weighs. It's fifty eight hundred pounds. <laughs> so if you lose your brakes, and let me just I'll say this as well, and not to be a total jerk, if you lose brake assistance like the power booster, yeah, that doesn't mean your brakes don't work. It means you might what? have to push a little Come bit on, more. Darryl. You're out of control. You can't stop. <sighs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there there has to be a way where people are still in control, still recognize the fact that you have some control. What's that thing that's usually a lever on the floor next to the kick plate there? The emergency brake? Yeah. yeah is, but, that, is that still common that, cars? That's a drift bar. That's for drifting, Daryl. <laughs> I would never – now, again – there's situations where stuff happens, split second decisions. Yeah. You know, you're in rush hour traffic somewhere, uh, whatever. And I'm I'm not going to say I haven't crashed and done stupid stuff and whatever. But just because the brake pedal gets a little hard, what do people just throw their hands up and go help me, help me, and then go right into a median or something? Well, I I, yeah. I don't know. You I'm know, not trying to make light of you it. You know, it's the same people who you know choke on hot dogs and stuff. You know, I don't know. So everybody's going to die from something. I guess. I guess. <laughs> so we'll follow that. But uh, three yeah. and a half million, and then what was the the Fiat Chrysler one? Uh, Six hundred ninety-three thousand Rams. That's, That's just Rams. That's a lot of Rams. A lot of metal. 
Yeah. All right. Well, and keeping in a similar theme, all of our national news about trucks this week, Eric. Yeah, and this is actually a fairly local article. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always love when we hear news about Rivian Automotive because Rivian's in our backyard. They bought out the Mitsubishi factory that used to be uh, Diamond Star Motors before that, Chrysler uh, factory in Bloomington, Illinois. But uh, that now is Rivian. And Rivian has not yet produced a single vehicle that I have seen anywhere other than in commercials. They were posting some stuff on Instagram where they were driving around the Andes in a truck in the snow. How cute. Yeah, I thought that was cute. (laughs) When do we get it? Yeah, maybe they'll be at SEMA this year. Anyway, Rivian, an electric uh, pickup startup backed by automotive technology giants including Amazon, and I think Ford is involved there too. Yeah, there's some cash there. Has landed another $350 million from privately held Cox Enterprises as it prepares to launch its first vehicle next year. Cox and Rivian will look to partner in areas such as vehicle maintenance and digital sales. Rivian Chief R.J. Scaringe said in an interview. That's in the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> Rivian Chief and Bond villain R.J. Scaringe. I just think of him stroking a white, long-haired Persian cat. Does he, does he have a specter <laughs> tattoo? Sorry, R.J. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to slight R.J. because if we ever get a chance to get our foot in the door over there right. in the interview, you know we're running over. That's such a great name, though. Yeah. You RJ. have to be. I mean, what's his real name he's hiding if it's RJ? Ronald. Know, is it Reginald James or something like that? Reginald Johnson Scaringe. <laughs> I don't know. It would be cool either way. We love you, RJ. Yeah. Uh, if you want to be a sponsor, info at throwingwrenches.com. Yeah, exactly. We, we got we got a rate. Chill your truck. Yeah. Uh, so that would be interesting to see. I thought Cox was interesting, too, because Cox is the one who owns our operating system at the dealership. And I, I love knowing that the money we throw at them is being thrown into RJ's pocket. So, so it's a pretty big company. I'd, I'd never heard of them, but that's. Yeah, just... every, all of our appraising software. Software. I think even the auction, some of the auction sites are owned by Cox. I mean, there's okay. they do everything. Our financial software, our service software. Uh, I believe it's all the same company for that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, inquiring minds want to know what's going to happen with Rivian, and uh, I do want to see that truck. Keep listening to Throwing Wrenches. We'll keep you posted. Don't yeah. worry. Okay, we're going to shift gears and go to uh, local news, which uh, we've spent a lot of time in the last couple of weeks talking about international and national news. But locally, there's always something interesting that we find in our local <laughs> newspaper of record. Yeah, if, if I can get enough licenses to read articles in it for a week straight. Just get a subscription, bro. Um, okay, so the one that caught my eye uh, this week was an article that was written. It was actually a, a syndicated article, but it was uh, in the Journal Star, Peoria Journal Star. Average American spends $397 a year on car repairs. According to a recent Harris poll, it seems that uh, most Americans only shell out about $397 a year on average for car repairs. These are uh, results of the Harris poll compiled based on a five-year average over a broad demographic. It measured anything between 18-year-olds and then 55 and older, and then kind of broke them down. And it found older motorists were the least likely to spend as much over a five-year period. So, Eric, you probably are familiar with kind of the different demographics that come in for service in your dealership, right? Yeah. So, I I mean, these numbers are pretty – I think they kind of make sense. So we got the 18 to 34s and the 45 to 54s uh, spending a little bit more. The 35 to 44s and the 55 and older spending the least. Um, You know, people use their cars a lot. When they're younger, and yep. when you have a family, and and you got the minivan, you got you know, and you have to make sure the vehicles are dependable. Sure. Um, and I think as you get to a certain age where you want to make sure your stuff is up up to snuff and and safe because you have the money, that's when you get back in this forty five to fifty four. You know, I think there's a time fifty five year olds just don't and older don't drive as much, so I could see where those numbers would drop off. But these numbers seem really low over five years. 
$400 a year. Yeah, uh, that's what really struck me about reading it is, and I'm a cheapskate. I'll, I'll admit I do a lot of my own repairs, and if it's something major, you know, I think before this trip on our uh, road trip here, I took my wife's Jeep in, 700 some dollars worth of work to get it ready to go, and I gladly paid it. Not a big deal. But mm-hmm. four less than 400 a year on average to me just seems that's not going to pay for no. oil but, oil changes now. Synthetic oil change, what's that cost? 70 bucks for us on a four-cylinder. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen people not change your oil for 20,000 miles, though. So, you know what? Yeah, and then you that, see him again for a motor. And, and that guy's probably on the survey. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but yeah. I would spend on maintenance this year. Well, I didn't spend a whole lot of maintenance. I did buy an engine, but does that count? No, it's not maintenance. No. That's a repair. Is that covered under your warranty? <laughs> no. And this is a 2003 Buick. So your warranty's done. Are people holding on? I know that the, the, during the recession, yeah. everybody was saying, like, the average age of a car people were running in the States was like 11 or 12 years. Is that still around 10, I still, I still think that's there. I, I okay. still think you're seeing people hold on. I, you know, we have salesmen who were in the service lane talking to customers all the time. And I, there was a gal that came in today. She had an 11-year-old Highlander, and the salesman walked up and said, yeah, your Highlander has only got 70,000 miles on it. You know, you think about trading that? Oh, no, I'm not letting this go. And I'm like, 11-year-old car. Think about that 20 years ago. If somebody had an 11-year-old car, they'd be like, yeah, get me out of this thing. Because, you know, everybody's yeah. paranoid about a car that old. Right. I think the cars are built better, so people are holding on to them longer just by default. Not to mention the price of cars right now is at the highest number it's ever been. Rates are low, yeah. which is great. Yeah. But uh, the price of a new car is astronomical. Boy, I know it's it's fun. Everybody keeps using the word thirsty now, but I swear every dealership in the world Labor Day weekend, my Facebook feed was just like really. Oh, it was blown up. It's probably because I look at car stuff all yeah, the time. Yeah, probably, yeah, you might. <laughs> and the ad is being served up to the right person. But uh, yeah, it just seemed like every dealer was just, I mean, insane. And I know that there's a lot of sales around that time of year, anyways. Yeah. But it just seemed. Do you like, like the Uftring's little uh, thermostat thing? It's like they got this leftover from the Salvation Army's uh, right. their, 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 fundraiser. Winter, their winter <laughs> fundraiser. They're like trying to fill the thermometer glass up to fifteen hundred over. Right. Six, I don't know what's going on. Fifteen hundred and three. Yeah, yeah. So you I want see, to sell fifteen hundred three cars. Yeah, I, I keep getting it all because I follow the Uftring guys next door to us, so I always see their little things. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we should do something like that. But we're only in one store, so I don't think I can. You know, ours would be a little smaller. Well, and incentives are great, but. At the same time, yeah, if 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 you got a good product and yeah. it's priced fairly, and and you're not gonna you're not gonna be sticking somebody in something that's oh no, they're having a contest, Daryl. They're gonna sell the car cheaper now because of this contest in house. Yeah, they get the cars cheaper from the manufacturer during this time. Do they? No, <laughs> no, they don't. That's the irony of the whole thing. But you, it's all about perception. Like I said at the beginning of the show, if you believe you're getting a good deal. By God, you got the best deal ever. That's so. right. Anyway, so that's local news. Uh, just real quick, the article uh, that we've talked about here with the uh, the maintenance, they were quick to point out the maintenance savings on hybrid and electric vehicles just because they, I guess there's less moving parts, less things to actually maintain. We talked, I think you mentioned in the last show, though, maintenance costs are yeah pretty flat for a they're, long time. They're, they're negligible for the first well, until the battery is a problem, and I mean, then you, yeah, yeah, and so, but most of these cars come with eight and ten year warranties, hundred thousand mile warranty. Right. So if you buy an EV car, but but then again, I, did we talk about this before that you can buy a Leaf for a song right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pick them up off lease for for peanuts, and I think they said in this article, uh, Leaf costs six hundred dollars a year yeah. to run in electricity costs. Yeah, that's six hundred dollars a year. Yeah. That's insane. But if it's depreciating at twice the rate of a gas car because it's worth nothing, you know, in, in seven or eight years, 
where's that cost? We don't put that. There's so right, much math right. involved with all this stuff. So that's true. You know, you need to go back to those old uh, ratios of you know how many cents per mile it costs you to drive the car and stuff like that with depreciation and all that. That's the real indicator of what the value of the car is. Yep, absolutely. All right, is it uh, is it that time, Eric? Ah, oh, what time would that be, Daryl? I don't know. Something about. It's, it's time, time for your moment, moment of Musk. Yeah. All right. So Elon says the Tesla pickup truck is most likely coming in November. Most likely. I mean, Elon's always kind of vague about all this stuff. Somebody on Twitter jumped out and said, hey, Elon, when are you coming out with that truck? Uh, after two years of talk and more than a few delays, it looks like the long-rumored Tesla pickup may finally be upon us. He revealed to auto enthusiasts who will finally get the first real look of what's called the coolest car I've ever seen in November. He responded uh, to a fan on Twitter when the vehicle was asked about, saying, November most likely, previously the truck had been expected to launch this summer, but then was moved to October. And that is your your moment moment of mine! I gotta watch Daryl Swinger on that. Nothing but the best special <laughs> effects here. <laughs> we, we went to Skywalker Sound for that one. Yes, yeah, oh yeah. We uh, the Dolby. We're using the Dolby mm-hmm. system on that, right? Mm-hmm. The Dolby spelled with two L's and four Y's. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, te- Tesla truck. I mean, what do the pictures look like? We kind of just did a quick Google search. Is yeah. it as cool as the Rivian? Because I think we both agreed the Rivian looked pretty bad. No, the Rivian. Bad. Like, bad, like, like badass. Badass. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I think this looks like the old flat front Econoline Ford van. I think it looks kind of terrible. I'm not sure if that's real. I mean, Elon says it's the coolest thing he's, he's ever seen. And I will say this. If Elon says it's the coolest thing he's ever seen, it, it probably should be really cool, right? Okay, all right. I'll give him benefit of the doubt. But the Rivian truck, uh, to me, so far, has been the best-looking electric, probably one of the most best-looking electric utility things I've ever seen as far as a truck type it's vehicle classy. goes. yeah. And I just like those side pocket doors and that whole thing where you pop the, the front engine compartment and you have storage. you got places to oh put stuff. Oh, my God. I can put my tent up there. I can put all kinds of stuff in there. Right. You can put 10 cans of corned beef hash. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you take cans And some freeze-dried hash browns. You got it. That's right. All right. Let's t- we'll get in the riff zone, Daryl. Yeah. Let's, let's, we got a lot of things that we've kind of been uh, saving up here. That yeah, we have. Taking we, us off. Yeah. All right. Well, this one isn't ticking me off. Uh what do Rutledge Wood and Charlize Theron have in common, Daryl? Uh, they both have exotic names. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I give up. Uh, they have hypercar. Hyperdrive. 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 Yeah. Uh, I caught on this on Netflix. Of course, I have a bunch of gearhead technicians, and, and whenever something like this comes out, I hear about the very first day it comes out. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen? It's like American Ninja Warrior, but it's with cars. And I'm like, that sounds like the most bizarre combination of anything I've ever heard in my life. But yeah. uh, EW Magazine, it was an Entertainment Weekly, uh, came out with just a little note on this. And I did watch a show, so I'm going to talk about this. But Charlize Theron is the uh, executive producer of the show called Hyperdrive. And I watched it the other night, and I watched three episodes – it's a Netflix reality series. It really has this vibe like it's an NBC show because you have these three or four commentators who are all kind of hip, you know, Rutledge and, yeah. and these two other people. And they're like, oh, look at that. Whoa. You know, and the quick edits and the stupid jokes and stuff. In the meantime, you have a light show and smoke and lasers and these cars driving all over this field to play in an abandoned factory somewhere. Hmm. It's kind of bizarre. Um, but their pitch is American Ninja Warriors meets the Fast and the Furious. Um, it's bizarre. They got people, 
uh, in Lamborghinis. They got that little girl from South Africa that was in uh, Top Gear years ago where she was doing like spinning stuff. I don't know if you ever uh, saw that one. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It really was an unbalance of the type of talent that was out there. Some of these people should not have been out there because at some point you got to be 100 miles an hour in the car. At some point you got to be just completely drifting. There was a guy who showed up there who was like an SCCA champion. He was a Corvette guy. He was Dean Plumador, but been doing it for like another 10 years more. And I'd already watched this show for 30 minutes. This show is about drifting. And if you're an SCCA guy, drifting is not the thing. You're not supposed to drift in SCCA. Yeah, it's kind of. So what this guy do? He wrecked his vet. He basically took like Dean's vet and smashed the front and the back of it, trying to drift into stuff. And Scattered like, it all over. Oh, it was awful. I, I, now I'm going to watch it because how, how many episodes are there? I think there's seven or eight. Okay, and they're about an hour each. And then the little girl from South Africa, her her little beater box BMW, which is made to do these circles and just do drift circles. Yeah, it's not made to go 100 miles an hour. You know, so it couldn't keep up. And, and overcome some of the other challenges. It had to go through a water challenge, which I'll bet that car's never seen a raindrop in its entire life, you know, based on what I've seen of it. So uh, it is interesting. I'd be interested to hear what everybody else has to say about it. Uh, Theron producing it was kind of odd to me. I, she's hot. She's so hot. And uh, she and, and yet she keeps going on TV and saying, like, I can't get a date. All guys are intimidated by me. I'm like, well, yeah. I saw, so she uh, they show her going to South Africa to meet that little girl uh-huh. uh, to bring her in. Uh, to the show and she stands like nine feet over this little girl yeah she's tall yeah Yeah. she is and uh i didn't know she was into cars i i don't know she says here that uh what'd she say i've been wanting to do reality competition project for a while and i heard of this concept thought it was uh, there's nothing on tv like it and she says what she says that she likes fast cars or something oh yeah combines my love of cars and competition you know what maybe i do did she race like that long beach toyota long beach thing yeah one of those cars that i passed on uh bring a trailer that i should have bought it (laughs) (laughs) hey i think charlene said this one yeah yeah right (laughs) Uh, and I love Rutledge. I, you know, I know you said you don't know much about that guy, but I used to watch American Top Gear, and I think uh, Rutledge was kind of the highlight of that show. He was always a, good. he was always a Toyota guy. He was always the uh, the, the the dirty, you know, muscle guy. But uh, but he, he had a sense of humor. I, I like Rutledge. So I liked. I got a little bit of respect for him. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the Adam guy. Uh, and Tanner Faust is all right, but um, Rutledge, I think for a daily driver, bought while he was doing that show like a '95 Buick Roadmaster, okay, and was like uh, the station wagon, yeah, and like tricked it out and was driving around. So that was like on the on the on the interwebs. He had he a Tundra there. too. We tried to buy his Tundra that he had off lease. Uh, oh yeah, he, he just souped up, and I know Mister Fort was trying to get a hold of that because sometimes those cars drift on the auction sites. Sure. And the mods aren't worth that much on an auction, so sometimes you get your hands on them. So you can pick one up. That would have been pretty awesome. Definitely check that out. All right, so what else we got? Uh, besides hypercar, you want to talk about higher car? Let's talk about higher car because it kind of sounds very similar. Yeah, so I was watching the markets here a while back because I do that. You know, I'm in the markets. You play? You play the markets? Yeah, and, no, but for whatever reason, it was something about automotive movers in the market today. And one of them was called higher car. And I didn't know what higher car was. And higher car is H Y R E C A R dot com. <laughs> okay. Clever. So, so higher car. Is a way for you to side hustle the hustlers, Daryl. Really? Yeah. Let's just say, Daryl, that you had a car in your garage that you weren't using during the day because you have 28 cars in the garage. Yeah, pretty much. And say it qualified for Uber or Lyft usage. Yeah. You could let out that car to an Uber driver, and they could pay you 25 to $35 a day to, to borrow your car. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Where do I not sign up? 
<laughs> well, here's the thing. It's a publicly held company that's getting – they're getting money to do this. They're the middleman. They probably just have the tech they, to sign people up and that. Like they're not – they don't own anything. They don't own – they're literally just – yeah, <laughs> a person who hands the keys from one to the other. It's crazy. So so how much do they say that people can make renting out their car? Well, it says here you can make $12,000 a year renting out your car. Okay. You think so? I mean, maybe in a uh, big city. I mean, it's passive income, Daryl. And you have insurance. You can do long-term rentals. Uh, <laughs> Just hold back $397 for repairs. Yeah. So, I mean, we we see how taxi drivers take care of their car. You think a, <laughs> do you think an Uber driver that's driving somebody else's car is going to take care of that car better than, than, oh, yeah. than the guy driving the yellow taxi? In oh, Pekin? yeah. Real good. I'm sure they take real nice care of it. <laughs> Uh, for $25 a day, somebody's got to borrow my Prius and make money on it? I don't think so. It must be high. There's no way. Everybody has rented a car before. Yeah. I remember the worst thing that I did to a rental car, and it isn't what you think. It was actually eating an entire, well, half of a Crave case of White Castle sliders <laughs> <laughs> over a four-hour period and leaving the wrappers in it. Uh that was terrible, yeah. and I'm sure and that was a Camry. So I'm sure I owe Toyota and, and Hertz rent a car a Camry. But if you're borrowing somebody's car for that amount of time, yeah, and you're making Uber money doing the Uber thing, are we just going to get in a society where nobody owns anything? Everybody rents, borrows, steals, begs, gets that, a handout. That's like, going to be. I, I truly believe it's going to come down to something like that because stop. we're going to have people leasing electric cars because they're not going to want to deal with the car when it comes due for maintenance. So they're going to have you lease those cars, and then you're going to lease from the leaser. But how would the bank yeah. allow that? If you lease the car, could you even use a higher car? I don't know. How does? Yeah, exactly. How does? How do you? Okay. <laughs> Let's let's play devil's Gabe, advocate. Gabe Casey. Gabe Casey. We need him on speed dial. We need a speakerphone. Skype him in. Let's say you're you're doing the hypercar. Higher, sorry, higher car thing. What if you did hypercar with a higher car <laughs> while Ubering, and then and then it crashed? How do you explain that to Jake at State Farm? That's the whole thing. I always think worst case scenario. What happens if that was always and, the thing? And rightfully so with you. Well, that was the thing in my household. It's like, you're not going to let your friends drive your car when I was in high school. Why? What happens when they crash it? Yeah. You're, who's paying for that? Yeah. The me? Yeah, me. And me <laughs> has no money. So I don't understand how you do that. So meanwhile, higher cars just kind of hooking people up, doing a little side hustle, and uh, nobody owns anything. Everybody just borrows, and it's all good, right? I think I'm going to sell my shares. I bought 20. Did you? Yeah. They're like five bucks a share or something like that. All right. Maybe I'll buy some. <laughs> Getting market <laughs> tips here from, from Eric. Oh, shoot. Anyways, <laughs> speaking of cars that aren't your own, something that kind of irks me, uh, this is apparently a subject I'm passionate about. Yeah, right? yeah. You've uh, you've been holding on to this one for a while. Tell us, Darren. Right. So the other day I was driving through the Heights, and you know those utility trucks that uh, come down and they mark all the uh, uh, underground cables and all that? It's not a utility company. Well, you call Julie. Julie, or, yeah. Yeah, whatever it is. You call them and they come out and it's... Well, who is it? It's not like Ameren. They all pay this other company to come in and do it. That's like a subcontractor. Yes. I think they also might do like meter reads and stuff. Anyways, I'm not going to name the name of the company, but everybody's seen the little white Chevy Colorados or Toyota Tacomas running around with the the logo on the side. And uh, I was driving next to one of those and it was pretty beat up. (laughs) And it was a nice night. Windows were down. And I pull up to a stoplight in the Heights there. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear like, doom, 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 doom. I hear like Bob Marley, you know, and I Don't smell worry. a substance that is not tobacco and not some sort of vape. S- soon to be legalized. Soon to be legalized substance in the state of Illinois. 
And this, this dude's in there just like chilling out, listening to Bob Marley. He had like uh, all his little jangly uh, 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 things hanging from me, like beads and like a, a dream catcher, all this stuff hanging up there. And he's just – he's token up in this work truck at night. And I'm like, dude, I know you're off the clock. I hope you're off the clock. But if you're riding around in a truck that isn't yours and your employer's name splattered all over it, you're really not off the clock. You know what I'm saying? And it, it doesn't really instill a lot of uh, – confidence in your company's brand yeah so if you're going to be walking through my neighborhood or doing whatever you are and you're going to be token up on on the way to and from not really too jazzed about that so you're just an oldie daryl you don't understand <laughs> i would have never done that <laughs> i never drove a company car but if i did i would understand like probably not a good idea to smoke weed in it yeah Probably just not. And then also, the, the whole thing was all scraped up, so it looked like it had been through a field or something. Nice. Uh, might want to just rethink that, folks. Just maybe tighten up your uh, your morals a little bit here and there if you're driving a company truck. Yeah. Well, and I, I could pile on this, too. It drives me nuts when I, I'll be, like, at an intersection in Pekin, and there'll be, like, a heating cooling truck sitting there. Yeah. And I'll just see vape smoke just flying out of it. <laughs> like, or, blow a radiator hose? What yeah, happened? Yeah, let's go. Oh, well, yeah, because I got it on the thick fog setting, and... Uh, and I'm like, you know, I, I guarantee the owner of the company who's allowing you to drive that vehicle yeah. probably never sets foot in that thing. So he has no idea when it's sitting out in the parking lot, you know, at the business. But the next guy who has to borrow that vehicle is like, oh, God, I don't want to borrow Jimmy's truck. It right. smells like an ashtray or it smells like cherry juice. It smells juice. like cancer. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it smells like. Uh, you know who doesn't screw around in work trucks? UPS dudes and dudettes. And anybody yeah. driving a UPS truck, they are so strict about that. Good for them. That's how it should be. You're, I mean, you're on the clock. You're in their vehicle. so You can't even have a beard. What? If you work for UPS, I you can't have a beard. I worked for a company years ago. You weren't allowed any facial hair except a mustache. Yeah. UPS, but, you can have a mustache, no beard. That's so weird. I, mean, I, I couldn't do I couldn't pull off just a mustache. I still can't. I can't do the just the uh, mustache. You might be able to do the Tom Selleck. No, I can't get it that thick. No? No. I could do a little just for men in there and brush it in. Just, just five minutes. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we want to continue to rant? Or uh, I think skip that's it? that's enough rants for yeah. today. I mean, you were going to talk about the zipper merge, but that was like episode one, wasn't it? Mm, I don't know. People people still can't. It's still coming that. up. It's it popped up again today on the feeds because there was some guy blocking people in traffic. And one every bridge, every bridge is under construction right yeah, now. Yeah, one fifty five. If you try and get on one fifty five into seventy four East in Peoria, there's not even a merge lane right now. It's just basically it goes right into the interstate, and you have to wait for a, an opening. It's awful. It's not good. They got like a, a little yield sign or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's real practical right there in that spot. Yeah, yeah. truck coming in at two in the morning because it's a it's a four lane area that's going down to two, and now you're trying to throw in a third lane of traffic to try to pull in. Yeah, it, it's uh, bad. And uh, not to continue to rant on this stuff, but uh, we were just up at O'Hare dropping off uh, my father in law and his wife last night late for a flight, and uh, coming back a lot of late night road construction guys with the concrete saws stuff like that. Apparently, Illinois is hiring contractors that don't believe in lights. Oh, really? No. They'll have, like, one truck with, like, the little yellow flashing light. Yeah. But normally, especially up on the tollway and up in the suburbs and stuff in Chicago, they'll have those kind of umbrella lights. Yeah, those gas lights or whatever. Yeah. And they're super bright, but they're they're kind of muted. Almost look like a photography studio. Yeah. And But you see them, and it lights up the whole area where guys are working. Last few times, right at 290 and 294 there, right where uh, 55 dumps you out at. There's guys working, and I don't know how they can see. Uh, and, and and they're out there working. I mean, like, literally lights on a headlight. I saw a couple guys with just, like, flashlights. I'm like, what? who are these companies these dudes are hiring now in Illinois? Uh, hey, Marigold Fest, I was coming back from that uh, Saturday night. And there's people just walking across Broadway, 
you know, just in the middle of the road, crossing from the park over yeah. to uh, the Kroger area. It's just like you have no, there's no crosswalk, which is bad enough. There's no crosswalk, but I'm surprised somebody could kill. I'm surprised I didn't read about it in the paper. You know, people just walking all over the place. Stay safe. Yeah. Stay safe, my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes stay thirsty. Stay, th- <laughs> stay thirsty. All right, so we are always thirsty for something cool on four wheels, two wheels, or six wheels, maybe we, more. We like it even more when we use our makeup money, mm-hmm. our, our virtual paychecks, and spend them in our virtual checking account. And don't tell the wife about these virtual purchases we make because they will virtually kill us if we were to actually buy them. That's right. It's time for our Cars of the Week. And I might change this to Cars of the Week with uh, W-E-A-K. <laughs> we are pretty weak because we always talk about, oh, it'd be so cool. You going to buy it? Nah. Yeah. We always do that. But anyways, uh, what are you looking at? I, I know you've got a, a soft spot for the old vintage Benz. Apparently I do. I didn't realize it. So uh, two weeks ago, a couple Celicas came up. And you know I'm always about these these cars. There was one of yeah. them was a... Uh, a race car from uh, what what uh, what track is that? The uh, pro pro circuit. I can't remember. Anyway, it was a Celica pro circuit celebrity race car, and then there was also a GT4 from Japan, right hand drive, and that car went for like thirty five grand. Well, in the meantime, two of these old two fifty SLs came up, uh, and of course, I always tag my wife on the Celicas. Like, hey, honey, what about this? Hey, honey, what about this? You know, like. Oh, way in hell. It's um, <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. In your dreams. Um, but she's had a soft spot for Benz, too. We had two Mercedes back in the 80s, and uh, maybe 90s, and they weren't anything fancy. It was a 190, and we had a, a 470. Uh, the, fa- the 470 was a nice car and a uh, big V8 leather and all that stuff. And my wife still talks about that car. I think I've talked about it on the show. But the SLs came up. There was a black one that came up, and there was a white one that came up on Bring a Trailer. And... The black one was super sharp, and I could tell it was going to go for strong money. I think it ended up going for $55,000. There was one in uh, Charlotte. That was, it says here, 44 years owned, a 1967 Mercedes SL four-speed. Uh, it's white. It has a white hubcaps. Uh, it's got the hard top on it. And, the, you know, they show it in its bucolic settings in the countryside with the vines yeah. hanging off the trees and <laughs> the brown leather interior. It really, Is it on a horse farm? A lot of those. looks a little bit like a horse farm. Yeah, yeah it was probably some... Rich lawyer. They did put a CD player, but it's got that round black stick shift, uh, that little inline engine. And uh, boy, I tell you what, I tagged my wife on this one. She's like, now this is one I could do. It still went for $46,000. So realistically, we're never doing that car anyway. But, yeah, it's uh, up there. But uh, I don't know. There's just, you know what? We got the old green Celica convertible. I love pulling that out, but my kids want to drive that car. It's rough. You know, it's not iconic. Maybe not right now. Maybe it's in 20, a cool car. In 20 years, maybe it'll be iconic. Uh, but uh, there's just something about this car, 1967. I think what did we say this body style was the same from the 50s through the 60s. Or yeah, was, like or 59 to, 70 or to 71 or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So that I just think there's something about that little car. Just it's beautiful. So uh, yeah. So that was one I I uh, drooled over this week, and uh, my wife actually let me drool over it and make me think for just a split second that maybe we could we could just you know forego retirement and just buy that car right now, but that wasn't going to happen. Saying we have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. The color coded hubcaps on that era Benz. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It could be a little four door sedan. Nothing's fancy. If it's got those color coded hubcaps, there's just something about it. It's just like. Beautiful. The, Mor- beautiful. the Morton one, uh, the Morton Auto Show, didn't you see a red one with red center caps on it? Yeah, it was a later. It was like the 450 SEL yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was a long, flat body. I'm not a big fan of those. Yeah. But, uh, but the, yeah, you're right. That color-coded hubcap. It's just a center cap. It's not a full hubcap. Just a little round 
gorgeous. Almost like the old Volkswagen center caps. Yeah, and I and I still love those with the with the hard top on them. Just all that glass, and, and, it, had, and it had a white white hard top on it. Yeah, I like. Yeah. So I just I just love the fact it really does look pretty stated. In, inside's very sparse. Just that black shaft and the, the round shifter handle on it. Yeah. A four-speed manual. That's just a cool little car to drive, like, I think. What do they call it, like Bauhaus, where it's just very minimal, very yeah. clean. Yeah. Yeah, nice car. Well, I uh, I did not pick a foreign vehicle this week, whoa, Eric. Whoa, whoa. I, uh, I, 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 I do some German stuff and wacky, weird stuff here and there. But this week, I actually went old school because this car is just a bizarre one. This is a, I found a 1962 Olds F85 Jetfire Coupe. And the F85 was the intermediate series that was uh, the same series that later spawned the Cutlass. Okay. So the F85 was kind of the the, uh, the cheaper model one. But they in 62, General Motors actually came out with a, uh, a Garrett turbocharger on two other vehicles you could get. One of them was the Corvair, and it was the 180-horse Corvair Monza. This looks a lot like the Corvair from the rear shot here. It does. Very similar. And the Corvair actually was supposed to be all of GM's intermediates that came out in 1960. They were all supposed to be that same style, the air cooled rear, you know, rear engine, all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the powers that be at GM were like, mm, "That's too weird." <laughs> so we'll let Chevy mess with that. But like Olds, Buick, and Pontiac, they're going to do normal stuff. Well, they didn't really do normal stuff because what Pontiac did was they put a transaxle in the back and a weird four cylinder. John DeLorean was running Pontiac, so they were doing all kinds of goofy stuff with that. Buick and Oldsmobile started running aluminum engines to save weight. And it was just kind of an interesting early experiment, experimentation time at GM. And, of course, by, like, 65, everything got normal, and, you know, they said, the heck with this. Uh, and then the Corvair died later on. But in 62, Olds also offered a uh, turbocharged variant and, and of this F85. They called it the Jetfire. And it was a 215 cubic inch aluminum V8 with this uh, uh, turbocharged, I think, a four-barrel on it. So it was a blow-through carburetor, and to uh, it had 10 and and 10 and a quarter to one compression. So with the turbo, once it started building boost, you know, if you had a little bit of uh, detonation uh, during driving, they had this methanol and water and antifreeze mixture that they put in almost like an early meth injection to combat the detonation. So you had this little tank in the front. Sheepers crow. And okay. it was called rocket fuel. And they gave you this little <laughs> bottle and it said, also be rocket fuel on it. And all the ad material and everything had like jets and rockets and flames nice. and stuff. But what happened was people didn't run it. T- people didn't they keep drove up it on without it. it. Yeah. yeah. And sure. by 1965, they had so many problems with owners. Like this car sucks. So people what they suck. They do suck. Yeah. So what the dealers wound up doing is, you said, bring the cars into us. We'll put a regular four barrel on it and send you home. They'll take the turbo off. Yeah. So to find one of these that still has the original turbo, let alone this one that yeah, we found. That yeah, that hasn't been destroyed. Oh, okay. it's one family owned, 38,000 original miles, and it really is kind of a pinnacle, like a, a really neat car. They only made 3,765 of them that year. Uh, they made them in 62 and 3, and I've only seen two of them. One of them was in Morton. There was a guy who had a black one really? in Morton. Yeah. And I saw still, it still at the Still with the jet fuel, fuel port? It did, yeah. It was, still, uh, it was still a nice, nice original car. So... I don't know. This one is currently it's on Barn Finds, but I've it's never really... even heard of Barn. Maybe I did look at Barn Finds, but yeah. I, I'm not familiar with that site. It's all it basically is is a blog, and they uh, this is actually on eBay, so they don't sell like a bring a trailer. They're not like a broker, yeah. like a uh, auction site. But uh, it's currently on eBay, nine grand, and I believe it is in I think Indiana. So if you want to watch that, you can search up '62 Olds Jetfire. That's what I would get. Hmm. Uh... I don't know if you saw this or not, but 48 sent me a link that there was a uh, Subaru Brat 
that was basically trapped in a guy's garage in uh, in Groveland. Oh, around here, yeah, yeah Groveland. It was twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah. I didn't follow up to see if that thing ever got sold. I have to imagine it sold. It it still had the jump seats. And everything. This was my car of the week. W E A K uh, from last show, and uh, it almost made my car of the week this week, just because I wanted to you know, talk about it a little bit. I just, sure, I thought that was kind of ironic that that pops up. But then Fortier was talking about you know how much you can get a, a convertible top for a Geo Metro, two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, what he do? He went out and bought a Geo Metro with his son. They drove up to uh, La Salle, Peru. Was it the white one? Yeah. There was a white one on uh, Facebook Marketplace, too. Yeah. Oh, he got it for awesome. got it for a song and needed a CV axle and the roof replaced. And his son, Done. who's 16, has got this sweet little uh, four-speed manual convertible <laughs> Geo Metro. <laughs> that gets 59 miles per gallon. Yeah. I just, I'm like, and your son was okay. Oh, yeah. He was in love with the idea. I'm like, we do have more influence over children sometimes than I think that we understand. You know, we do influence their decisions. And how cool is it that you can still, in this day and age, I mean, Eric, you and I often complain about the, the high cost of cars and yeah. next generation, blah, blah, blah. A lot of that's, I think, pretty justified. But in this day and age, you can still, for under a grand, buy a beater, yeah. fix it up, have some good quality time with your kid, and then yeah. your kid can have something that's, if you play your cards right, safe <laughs> and reliable transportation. <laughs> I'm not sure how safe the Geo is. I don't know if I put my kid on the interstate with that thing. But Yeah, uh, maybe just but, in town. Uh, yeah, no, I think the, the greatest thing is, I mean, the, the, the curse and, and the blessing right now we have is social media, and the data is so readily at our fingertips. You know, just like when I was a record collector as a kid, just like when you used to get parts, yep. you know, you had to go through mail catalogs. You know, I'd get at the back of Rolling Stone and have to order a catalog of imports, you know, and they'd send yeah. you this catalog. You had to get a microscope so you could read, oh, there's a Ramones album from Japan. I'd get for eight ninety nine or whatever. And then you'd send a check. Also, Now, you can literally, I could get on this computer right now. I could type in, you know, how many SLs are for sale within Chicago. Yeah. And I'm going to find eight to ten cars and I could buy one right now. True. You know, there Very there true. is no waiting. It, it's it's a blessing and a curse. I don't know if you can truly appreciate the difficulty, you know, that we used to go through. Of course, Cubs fans know suffering too. And yeah, know, that's they, a whole other story. <laughs> I will say real quick on the way home last night, uh, we switched drivers, so I wasn't on my phone and driving, searching for cars. But uh, yeah, whatever. I wasn't. I swear to God. Anyways, so Sarah's driving home. I'm looking on Facebook Marketplace, and there's there's been this Cadillac Elante convertible. It's up mm. in Streeter. And it's been on Facebook Marketplace all summer. Were those Audis? No, they were their own, but okay. they were designed by oh, Pin and Freeman. That was the old, oh, okay, yeah, I remember that car. Made, yeah, made in Italy, shipped over on special 747s. I mean, they're, they're really, they were really nice the cars. I don't think they really caught on here, and their resale was just garbage. <laughs> but nice little V8 in them, good yeah. cars, nice Italian leather, right? And there's this one up there, it's been sitting for 20, it was 2800 bucks. Then it was twenty five. Then it was two. And it was, I saw it last night. Seven fifty needs gone by this weekend. <laughs> and I'm looking at it. I'm like, Sarah, it's sir. not that bad. It's white, black top, red leather seats. Please tell me, just like breathe a little bit to this to your wife. You can say, hey, hey, do you want to buy a convertible? I did. I did. I, and she's like, would he take five hundred? And then the more we kind of talked it over, I was like, eh, I don't know if I want. There's to a reason. There's a reason nobody else in the states picked up this car, right? I guess, but I've seen pictures of people buying them at auction for like five hundred bucks, and, okay. and they, they, there's no resale in them. But if you want just a fun little weekend drop top, I guess kind of like yeah. a Geo Metro, but yeah. twice the horsepower, I guess, and twice the problems likely. Right? <laughs> all electronics are all out shot. Who knows? Oh, it's got electronic suspension. That'll be great. Yeah. Can they just put some coilovers on it? <laughs> 
shoot. Uh, other, you know, we had a couple of articles. And I'm just going to say we're keeping these in the orbit, so keep an eye on this. Uh, Toyota and Suzuki are tied up with each other in some kind of an equity thing, so we'll be watching that. The UAW is working on some kind of a trade agreement, and they're fighting with Detroit. They want a three-year agreement, so we're going to see how that works out. Uh, Mercedes-Benz Performance Division, AG, is, is struggling because electric cars are stealing the marketplace from these gas-powered rigs, so they're cutting jobs at AG. And also uh, Ferdinand Peach, or Pesh, Pesh or Pike? Pike, a longtime Volkswagen chairman, has died at A2. That was uh, two weeks ago. Um, you can read up on that. He was actually very formative for Volkswagen during a big transition before Dieselgate. So. In the, uh, was it the eight, early 80s? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was really, I think he, uh, did he see the uh, bug come back, the Beetle? Yes. Yeah, and I think he was at the helm when they had to deal with the whole Audi 5000 unintended acceleration thing and how they managed that. So really turned things around. If you guys remember, late 90s, early 2000s, Volkswagen Audi Group really had some neat stuff. And uh, company, we talk about the Audi TT a lot, the new yeah. Beetle, uh, the VR6 cars. I mean, those were really hot back in the day. Still kind of cool. So, um, yeah, definitely a, a very pivotal person at uh, at Volkswagen. And with that, we are Audi 5000. Oh, I'm just dying to say that. That's a great punchline. Thank you. Uh, this is uh, the end of Throwing Wrenches, episode 22. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, again, thanks to our sponsors, Forts Toyota Pekin, toyota-pekin.com. And Casey Law Office. You can find out more information about Gabe Casey's legal services that he offers at clopeoria.com or on the back of his brand new Supra. <laughs> Plastered and in a nice nice decal. I hear that Supra may be running in the Morton Pumpkin Parade this weekend as well. Ooh. Oh, it's uh, is it Pumpkin Fest? Yes. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, changes everything, doesn't it, Daryl? I'm going to get my pumpkin chili on. All right. If the, hopefully this show will be out by then. So if it's not... Uh, we're not going to pressure ourselves. We're going to make a quality product before we release it. That's right. More, maybe maybe we'll put some pumpkin in it. Maybe, yeah. We well, just did, actually. A little pumpkin spice. Uh, <laughs> for more information on this show, you can always stop by throwingwrenches.com. Uh, you can em- email us at info at throwingwrenches.com. And, of course, you can see us on uh, Facebook. Just Google Throwing Wrenches. And be sure to like the page. We always post all kinds of goofy stuff. Like live feeds from lawnmowers with LS1s. Yeah, that was goofy. Yeah, I don't know what the uh, LS Fest a guy put a little cart together with a chain driven LS one. It looks scary. Uh, yeah, it looked t- pretty cool. Yeah, except for the tires. As soon as you make a turn, it just fall over outside. Yeah. But... Uh, if I was eighteen, I'd drive it. Yeah, I wouldn't drive it now. I know better. Yeah, or you could see me uh, at the starting line at uh, the SEC event this weekend. So make sure you follow us on the Facebook page. And that is all. We'll see you next time. I'm Daryl Scott. I'm Eric Stahl. Have a great one. <laughs>